0: After eight long months, we've made it to this point. It is game week. And how are we going to handle game week? We're going to dominate it just like every other week. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. We had a really big week, zero, a lot bigger than we expected. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course... Upvote the video itself. We're here. We have made it. After eight long months of digging in and overreacting to every little news story, we have made it. We are here. It is game week, and we have the Troy Trojans coming into town. And we have Josh Boutwell coming up on segment three, talking about the Troy Trojans. We're going to talk about lines in segment two, but we're going to do a brief little preview. Um, In this first segment. Also, tomorrow night, um, we will be doing a Twitter Spaces again. And we moved it to Tuesday so that after they get the information to me, I can put it up on Friday and you'll have another little preview as well on the podcast feed and YouTube channel. So, Troy, you're sitting here talking to Josh and everybody. We go through all three um, parts of the team, offense, defense, and special teams. Talk about the players that you need to know. We're going to get all that, get to all that in season, um, in segment three. What I'm going to talk about now is basically what it means for Ole Miss. What are we trying to figure out in game one? Because we're not really going to know anything until after the Kentucky game. Everybody knows that we have uh, basically Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa to get right then after the Kentucky game, that is our first test, first major test. If we got our syllabus today, our first major test is October 1st. But that doesn't mean the quizzes along the way do not matter. That doesn't mean that we're we're going to not know what is going on with this team until then. We're going to be able to see deficiencies against these, quote, lesser teams, the same way that we will against Kentucky, will against Alabama. Now... The hot take that we're going to have after the Troy game is like, well, a performance like this won't beat Alabama. You'll hear this from everybody. And a performance like this will not beat Alabama. Well, we're not playing Alabama for 12 weeks. It doesn't matter if we're at that level. We're building to there. We don't want to peak in week two. We don't want to peak in week three. No, we want to slowly grow over the course of the season to the point where at the end of the year we are playing our best ball. That is the goal of this team. And through quarterback competition, through running backs, through the talent infusion, all the stuff that we've talked about until now, it matters. All of it matters. Don't let anybody tell you that it does not matter, that Troy does not matter, that Central Arkansas does not matter, that Georgia Tech does not matter, that Tulsa does not matter, because they all do. It is just like going to class And those quizzes are piling up before you get to the first major test. These are the quizzes before the first major test that is Kentucky. Now, you can't make an A right now by doing well on these quizzes. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can make sure you can't get to an A. You can make sure you can't get to a B by failing these quizzes. That is why these games are important. If you look at Ole Miss having a season that is essentially three major seconds, you got you got two major tests and a final. If you look at that, you can see how it progresses almost just like a normal college coach or college course, and build slowly through this goes, and then you're ready for that first exam. And if you do well in that first exam, you can up it up because it's going to only get tougher as you get on in the season the one game that really doesn't fit is like Vanderbilt as but we saw Saturday night this isn't last year's Vandy I'm not saying Vandy's good I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination but remember this one dealing with Vandy they played UConn last year who many people said was one of the worst teams in college football history in the FBS level and Vandy required a field goal at the end to beat them at home. They did not 63-10 to 10 them. So as bad as Hawaii might be, Vandy has made improvements. This is a far cry from the ETSU. So October could be a little bit more difficult. But Vandy has Bama. They have a bye week. They have Ole Miss. They have Georgia. That That, that honestly is their season. If they lose those three games, it could be – normal Vandy thing where they end up four and eight. But like I said, this could be a team that is four and eight and a quite a different team. But week zero is a lot of fun, by the way. But sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Troy has a chance to be decent. They've got three quarterbacks that they're going at. Two of them are four stars in Peter Costell and Jarrett Dogie, or Daigie. Um Dagie was a West Virginia transfer, I think a Texas Tech transfer, and he went to Western Kentucky before moving to Troy. In other words, he's moved a lot. But the Gunner Watson was the quarterback last year. They have a fairly young team. They return nine starters on both sides of the ball. The running back is good. Um, you'll hear from Josh Batwell talking about how he anticipates this looking almost like Brett the Arkansas offense. So I expect them to play time of possession and field position which means it's important to jump on them early. That That's what that means. Because if they play time of possession and field position, they're not going to be very good at playing catch-up. And their defense is pretty good. They have a All-American linebacker um, that Josh Batwell is going to talk about as well. They, this is a decent team, and this is what I've said over and over. I'm glad that a team like this, a team designed to get the attention of Ole Miss is the opening game instead of Central Arkansas. Troy is going to get the tension of the Ole Miss team. Now, I'm not saying Troy can beat Ole Miss. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. I'm simply saying that Troy is a better first game than Central Arkansas for Ole Miss because it requires Ole Miss to perform better in camp. It, um, it makes them look forward to it at a more difficult level if it was an FCS game, if it was an FSU-Duquesne situation, they would not prepare at the same level. Because after the Troy game, it sets up pretty nice for Ole Miss. They can get past Troy, which they should. They have Central Arkansas, which means it should come down, and then you can just build. The next one is Georgia Tech, and the next one is Tulsa, and the next one is Kentucky. And by there, you need to be where you need to be. There is no getting around it. Troy is a pretty good team, but honestly, if Ole Miss were to lose to Troy, we're having a different conversation on Monday. It can happen. Upsets happen in college sports. That's what people don't know. Whenever they look at a straight line, and I always talk about it, they do a straight line all the time between where they are and then they just go off to infinity in a straight line. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. They just project it as it is. It's always based on the last result. So if Ole Miss loses that game, you will hear people, rightly or wrongly so, take that and expand that out. So all of a sudden, Ole Miss is the worst team in the SEC West. They're looking at four and eight. You know, a whole bunch of storylines. Because as we, can, we have seen this season and the preseason updates, Ole Miss's rankings are all over the place there's there's no consistency on these rankings and that is because they don't know this is a team that requires people to dig in to see it and even more to see it really well and nobody nobody has that answer that's an answer that we're going to get on september 3rd but you have an assuming level it's like okay I, We're having interviews, getting nuggets from all these press conferences, trying to put together exactly what is going on. So we have an idea, but players are also blustery. Players are confident. Players sometimes are cocky. So we don't know. If there's a mistake, they still would talk the way they're talking. That's the reason, honestly, they get sent out to the media all the time, because you have to find nuggets And they are what they are. Nothing against them. Just they are what they are. But this is the opening of game week. And this is a time for celebration and to be happy and to be proud that you're an Ole Miss fan. Because these things don't happen very often. These things have happened 45 times in my life. And I probably remember at this point, 42, 41 So as long as I feel like I've been living, these things have just happened. These openers. These are special moments. Win or lose. I want everybody, please, to have fun with what's going on. Enjoy this. Try and find a way to maximize every Saturday the way I did this past Saturday. This past Saturday, I started out in Ireland and ended up in Hawaii. It was a journey that college football took me on, and I am thankful for it. But it is going to be a big, super big week one because there's two SEC games on Thursday. They have some stuff on Friday. Then it comes in on Saturday. It could be quite interesting. I hope everybody enjoyed my week zero coverage, the biscuits and SEC stuff and things like that because it's something that I just want to do in the future. We're going to try And we're going to try and maximize some of these internet archives that go out on the YouTube channel. I know some of y'all might get a little bit aggravated about those. But we're trying to put them in the right spot to where they can get really looked at. Because these guests and these contributors and these perspectives deserve their own video as well as these Loom videos. So it's not going to ever stop. But... We're going to try and figure out a place to put them to where we can maximize exactly what they do. Anyway, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit, right? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. It's If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. And if you drive high, you can expect a DUI. All right. Thanks for making the Lockdown on this Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Please make sure we get a five-star review on itunes or spotify and say whatever you want to say um just make sure it's a five star review we got some interesting reviews in there now it's quite fun um but we'll see what's going on anyway should be a lot of fun we have week one lines for everybody and the way we do our lines is we just put them out home team visiting team and the line is if the home team is favored it's minus if the home team is an underdog it's a plus that that's the way we do it. And these lines are from Bet Online. Um, so you can check them out there. But some of these are in order. They took the Alabama-Utah State game off the board. Um, I think there's probably an injury in the Utah State side that caused that to happen. Bama was a 38-point favorite anyway. But we had to tweak a little bit our board when it comes to that. If you look at this, Tennessee opens up with ball state. Um the the Cardinals, their 33-and-a-half-point favorite in Nalen. It's a game that, if, honestly, Tennessee doesn't cover, could be interesting. I mean, Tennessee has a history of opening up with max schools and, honestly, underperforming a little bit, but also in the games that they overperform and blow the line away, it's usually not indi- indicative indicative about the rest of the season anyway. Georgia and Oregon at... The Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. It's a neutral site game, but let's just be real. It's a Georgia home game. Georgia's favored by 17 and a half. Dan Lanning is taking the job at Oregon. Um, He goes against his former boss, Kirby Smart of the Georgia Bulldogs, Stetson Bennett, who they talked about a haircut for just a while. But the main question I have, and nobody's answered this, Stetson Bennett had six months to get his NIL deals in place to set him up for the rest of his life for winning a national championship at Georgia. If he was unable to do that, I kind of don't feel sorry for him there. But Georgia should, I think, take that game to the next level. Dan Lanning's probably going to have Oregon where they need to be. Oregon potentially could be a Big Ten team by December. Um, we'll see how that looks. Oregon, Washington, um, can't Stanford and Cal, by the way, are on the chopping block there. And that'll essentially kill the pack whatever, as the other schools go to the big 10 or big 12 on um, the four corners, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona state. And then you have Oregon state and Washington state that'll probably slip into the mountain West. So keep an eye on that. That could happen by December. Arkansas is a six point favorite over the Cincinnati Bearcats Cincinnati, a playoff team last year. Good team. Luke Fickle's going to have them ready to go. Um, That's the reason they're only um, a six-point underdog in this game. But Desmond Ritter stepping aside, Arkansas being a really good team, this is a game that I honestly like Arkansas to cover, and they could potentially win by 20 points, I think. Just looking at that, I just don't see that Cincinnati can do what they were able to do. Cincinnati is going to be a team that they're going to have to build for a couple of recruiting cycles and then make a run. Bill for a couple of recruiting cycles, then make a run. And that might change when they get into the Big 12, but we'll see exactly how that goes. Um, Florida, or Ole Miss is a 21 and half point favorite over Troy. This is a game, honestly, because of the unknowns with John Summerall and how they want to play, if Troy doesn't turn the ball over, it might be difficult to hit that line. And this might be a stay away from it. But I expect Ole Miss to win this game and win it by multiple scores but there's a chance that Ole Miss wins by 17 points and Troy has 35, 40 minutes of time possession. Just, just a heads up on that one. It could go completely according to plan, but if Ole Miss hits some big plays, Troy will have a chance to eat the clock a little bit. Will get to see the defense and what they look like and the depth that they supposedly have at all these pick positions? This will be the first quiz, Ole Miss and Troy. Ole Miss is a 21.5-point favorite. Florida, 2.5-point. Home dog to Utah. Yes, you heard me right. Ford is an underdog in the swamp to a team from the Pac-12 or Pac-10 or whatever they're calling themselves now. It's one of those things where this one interests me. Now, if Anthony Richardson has a big day and Ford was able to pull this out, this is a big win for Billy Napier in 1-1. This is almost the win in year one for Billy Napier. Utah coming in, they're doing weird stuff that could psych themselves out in Utah. They're they're practicing in the IPS with the heaters all turned up to simulate the humidity down in Gainesville. And I hate to break it to Utah. That ain't going to do it. That's just going to make it hot. Um, but it ain't going to do the humidity because, folks, it's humid down here. And... I, this is one thing that I'm very interested in. Whenever we do like SEC after dark and the Biscuits and SEC preview and the three games I'm watching, this will absolutely be on it because there are unknowns. And the fact that is at home, Florida could jump up and pop them. Billy Napier is a heck of a coach, honestly. But pay attention to this game. This This could be the game of the week in the SEC. Kentucky... 18-point favorite over Miami of Ohio. Kentucky's a good team. They are almost the exact same as Ole Miss. We won't know until October 1st what they have. New offensive coordinator in Kentucky, don't expect exactly the same thing, but kind of the same scheme, if that makes sense. They've gone from the LA Rams to the San Francisco 49ers. But um, that McVay tree, that Kyle Shanahan Jr. tree, it's all kind of based in the same thing. So San Francisco and in L.A. kind of, they do things separately and they diverge and everything, but there's a chance that it could look real similar. I don't expect Miami Ohio to give them much of a competition. Missouri and La Tech. Missouri's a 19-point favorite over La Tech in Sonny Cumbie's debut game. And... This is a game that I, I just don't know. I want to see Missouri's quarterback. I want to see their running back. I want to see their de- defense. They have some stuff that I want to do. Now, the problem for Missouri is they're on at the same time as Tennessee. So I'll have to have them both on, which you know how it is when you're watching two games. You can't really watch one. It's just the way it is. But they're a 19 point home favorite over the Bulldogs. Mississippi State is a 14 and a half point favorite over Memphis. If you remember last year, Memphis beat Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl and Mississippi State famously lost, actually, the Liberty Bowl as Mike Leach lost to Texas Tech. Um, This is a game that they should be able to cover, I think. Memphis's days of being, like, they had, like, a 10-year run where they were pretty good. I think that is over. We will see what happens. Mike, Mike McIntyre has moved on to FIU. Memphis has a new defensive coordinator. We'll see exactly what Memphis does. If Mike Leach utilizes the run game more, um, Memphis could be in trouble in that game. LSU is a three-point favorite over Florida State, a neutral site game in New Orleans. That's the reason LSU is listed as the home team, though, because it's in New Orleans. Now, Florida State played a game already. They played and beat, um, defeated Duquesne, an FCS opponent. Trey Benson. Former Mississippian from Greenville. Impressive day. Hard to tackle. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Mike Norvell's teams run the ball, and they run it effectively. So we'll see exactly how that looks. LSU, Brian Kelly is a good coach, and he's won at every stop he's been on. Um, We'll have to see if he can keep that going um, at LSU. it's, It's interesting. These are the lines from week one. This is... Going to be a fun week. I hope everybody enjoys this and watches them for what they are. Is it, there's a lot of fun that is ready to be had um, for people watching these games. And you know, we're going to have a post game show that's going to air immediately after the Ole Miss Troy game. We're going to have biscuits and SECs SEC preview Saturday morning. We released it a little early this week um, just to make sure everybody knows it's there. Um, Friday, we're going to have the uniform reveal on there, although we're going to do a video um, basically about that one potentially as well um, as there's a little bit of news that has popped up about that. We're going to do that video as well. Got a bunch of stuff going on. We have players. We have um, our usual suspects of Derek, Derek, Kara, and Tom. And we got Charles Stackhouse this week that's going to air Wednesday. And so that's going to cover our alumni segment going on as well. So this is a big week for the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. It's game week. Everybody, just to subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel, um, and hit the bell for notifications. You'll always be aware when it's there. If you're on the road, we also are putting them on our podcast feed. So right now, there's a Twitter spaces from last week on our podcast feed and on this YouTube channel. So, we, we do things everywhere and in different places, but we kind of put them every, put them everywhere. So they'll be available on Twitter or on whatever. And also our 10-minute pregame show, which will be available um, Saturday morning on social medias. that would be the TikToks, the Twitters, the Facebooks. We'll have the 10-minute pregame show. We're going to do that as well. So this week should be a lot of fun. I hope I haven't bitten off more than I can chew we will find out for sure, and right after this, we're going to talk to Jeff Boutwell, our Josh Boutwell from the Troy Messenger, um, and it should be a lot of fun. Stick around. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. You can say whatever you want to say. You can talk about how my guests are really good, but I'm a little bit of a narcissist. Say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the show in the future. Might not be your cup of tea, but it could be somebody. So please do that for us. Anyway, I'm here with Josh Boutwell from the Troy Messenger to talk a little football. It's here, Josh. It's here. Finally. <laughs> Seriously, and and you guys are making noise. Um, I think his name is um Doggy transferred Daigie. in from Dagie. Transferred in, you got a four star coming in from Utah. I mean, there's there's stuff happening at Troy right now.
1: Yeah, this has probably been one of the more exciting fall camps I've ever covered for sure. Um, Davey was like that came out of nowhere, nowhere, and it just it blew up from
0: there. <laughs> it, it's a- actually really nuts. Uh, how was the first fall camp with um, John Summerall? How how was that working? Because we have a history, obviously, in Oxford.
1: You can just you can kind of feel the culture changing around the program. The players talk about it all the time. Um, It's what it kind of feels like night and day, especially with the offense. Seeing them even from the spring, the improvement they've they've been making, and the defense obviously is kind of the heart and soul. And they seem to be just getting better and better.
0: Okay, talk to us a little bit and tell Ole Miss fans what they can expect to see um, on the offensive side of the ball from Troy.
1: Um, Completely different offense. Uh, Troy in the last several, really, beginning of Neil Brown, even before that has been more of an air raid type of offense, throwing the ball all over the place. Um, This year is going to be a lot more run-oriented, a lot more physical. Um, Obviously, I have a big group of uh, running backs back there, a ton of experience, Um, an offensive line with a ton of experience. So you're going to see probably a little bit more Title formations, maybe some pistol formations, things like that. Um, definitely a, a a lot more running coming from Troy this year.
0: Would you say it was a it's a similar offense to what Kentucky ran last year? Is that is that what they're trying to do?
1: Um, similar, but um, probably I would look more at uh, Arkansas from several years ago. Um,
0: oh, UAP okay.
1: from the last couple of years as well. Um. You'll see some. I probably, I think you'll probably see a little bit of a, a quarterback run mixed in there. Um, maybe not so much with Gunnar Watson in the game, but um, there's all, there's some other quarterbacks that are able to do that a little bit more.
0: Defensively, uh, what are we looking at? Since the de- defense is the bread and butter of the Troy team, apparently, uh, what what are we looking looking at from their defense?
1: Um. The biggest difference, I think, this year, um, we're probably going to see Richard Gibbiner and uh, Javon Solomon on the field at the same time. They both play that bandit slash jack, outside linebacker defensive end role. You'll see them on the field more this year. Um, The defense is going to be very similar to what we've seen in years past with the odd front most of the time. Um, Very physical, very, very physical. Uh, They want to get after the quarterback. They want to make negative plays in the backfield. Try to limit, um, trying to force you into doing one thing and stick to that. And I think they're they've been really good at that. Like I said, ton of experience, really at all three phases of defense, but especially the linebacker and the defensive line.
0: Okay, if you take into account like um, the the players on the offense, who are players that Ole Miss needs to pay attention to?
1: Uh, Kamani Vadal, running back, is a is a big name you you need to pay attention to. Uh, Michael Vice is a newcomer at tight end. I think. Another thing that we're going to see a lot more this year than we have in the past is the use of the tight ends. So he'll be used a lot. DeAndre Lewis will be used a lot as well. Um, receivers, uh, Ted Johnson and Jafri Barber are definitely the go-to guys. Both of them have great speed. Um, those are guys you need to look for. And then um, also some uh, receivers, bigger receivers like uh, Rajay Johnson will probably get a lot, of, a lot of playing time this year as well.
0: Okay. Same, same question on the defensive side of the ball. Give us some defensive players that Ole Miss should be um, familiar with.
1: <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> uh, Carlton Marshall, I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's the leader among leaders Um, the, in the middle of the defense. Um, Javon Solomon and Richard Jimenez also that I mentioned. Uh, Cholo on the defensive line, nose tackle. He's probably one of the better nose tackles in the Sun Belt. Um, Jay McDonald's another guy Um. Um, an inside linebacker. He missed a lot of time at the end of last year, but in fall camp, he's looked as good as I've seen him at Troy. Um, Craig Slocum's a guy on the secondary that you need to watch out for. KJ Robertson's uh, another awesome belt guy.
0: Okay. And in the kicking game, um, how, how does the kicking game look at Troy?
1: Kicking game has been interesting. Um, Troy came in this year with, Luke, uh, gosh, I still can't say his name. He's an Aussie punter. Um, and he ended up leaving the team before fall count. So now they have Mike Rivers, who's a guy from North Carolina, A&T, and he's got a big leg. So he's been really impressive in, 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 as the punter. The kicker, uh, Brooks Busey, who's uh, from Georgia, and kicked most of last year, um, coming in as a veteran, has been kind of uh, challenged, really, by um, Scott Taylor Renfro, who is a local kid from Troy, played at Pike Liberal Arts. Both those guys have been competing at that spot, and both have been looking Look really good. Tez Johnson and um, Jabri Barber as returners have been kind of the primary guys there.
0: Kickoffs reach the end zone?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, they actually have two or three guys that can, can kick off, too.
0: Okay. All right. Um, we're going to change gears here real quick. Um, the Sun Belt in recent years, take six, seven years ago people talking about the Sun Belt, and it was almost like the butt of the jokes, like the bottom of the FBS and all that. But now there's a legit thing that they could say that, hey, we're fairly close to the American right now. What does it feel to be a team that just went through that whole ascendancy with the Sun Belt?
1: It's it's been pretty wild. I think um, you could argue that outside of the SEC, the, the Sun Belt has handled the expansion probably as good as anybody else. Um, adding Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall. I mean, that's that's as big as it gets. James Madison, too, that's as big as it gets in terms of the expansion. Those guys are just added depth. And I think um, when you have teams like App and Louisiana who are able to compete with everybody, and the, the, some of just keeps getting deeper and deeper.
0: Now, is it weird to watch a game being played at Coastal?
1: <laughs> is it weird for you? I mean <laughs> – yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. that weird
0: color green, that teal yeah. on the field.
1: <laughs> all, all of the the colored turfs always mess with me. Western yeah. Kentucky, everybody.
0: Yeah, the worst one to me is like um eastern Washington with the red field. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like that that just hurts your eyes. Come on guys, just pull- Plant grass or make it fake grass, man. Yeah.
1: The Smurf turf is still the worst for me, though.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That, that, that's pretty terrible. Anyway, Josh, thank you very much for coming by. And I want to let everybody know that they can get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes or less. Make it your second listen, Locked On SEC. Anyway, Josh, thank you very much for stopping by. Um, You know, we're not going to come across Troy very often, but if we do have a reason to talk, Troy, I'll definitely reach out to you, man. You're fantastic. I
1: appreciate it. Anytime. All
0: right, man.